Hey, Booker Talk. Today's daf is daf Chof Ches and Beitzo. Right from the top of the page, <clears throat> Mishnah says, Rav Yudah Meshokal on a Bosser Keneged Akli or Keneged Akupitz. You're not allowed to do what we call, the Gemara calls it Uvdu Nechol. Even though it's Yontif and it's not Shabbos, and even though we said that a Yontif you can prepare food, that's halacha in the Torah, you're allowed to prepare food on Yontif as opposed to Shabbos. Still, we don't do things which we normally do in the weekdays. As we'll see, we mentioned before, we're going to mention at the end of today also about you don't sell, if, you're, if you want to buy meat from a, uh, uh, from a butcher, you don't say, give me $2 worth. You don't mention money, and you don't do things the way you do things on the weekdays. So, for example, how do they weigh things in those days when you bought meat? You used a scale. Of course, they didn't have electronic scales in those days. They used a balance scale. So they would have like a, a, um, a weight, you know, one kilo, two kilo, a half a kilo, and you put the, uh, that would be on one plate of the balance scale, and then you put your meat on the other side. So Rebuta says you're allowed to weigh meat if you're portioning it out. Let's say you're dividing it up, but you can't use a weight, what we normally use, because that's the way it's done on the weekdays. Right. So what you do is you might use something else. You use an instrument, or a uh, uh, is like the chopper or the uh, hatchet, you know, the, the axe, uh, something, but not an axe like it, uh, out in the woods, but something that they use, pardon like a cleaver, yeah, something that they'd use out in the in, in the uh, in the in the kitchen. So you could use that instead of using a scale, a weight. Use that as the other side. Use that uh, some sort of an instrument or a, I say a cleaver or or whatever, a knife. Don't even look at a scale. A scale should not be used at all because any use of a scale is what we call uvdu the the way it's done in Gwigis. So Michael, what does he mean? You can't use it all. You can't use a scale at all, even if you're not even weighing meat. All you want to do is, what, how do you have a scale? The scale has got, as we'll see, it's got the, uh, a, a structure on it, and, it's, and there's a ring that holds the two sides together, right? and then you, they weigh against each other. He says, even if you're not using it for weight, all you're doing is, you don't want the meat on the floor or on the table because the rats will get to it, or the mice will get to it, or animals or whatever, vermin. So what you do is, you're just putting it up there like on a shelf, just to keep it up in the air. Can't do that either. Even even to, to even to guard it from the uh, the mice. That's only if the scale is at least it's, it looks like a scale. It's 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 hanging on a ring, but if it's not if it's not even hanging on a ring, then it's not uh, that even look, doesn't look like a scale. An expert butcher, you know, an expert butcher. If you if you don't want an exact measurement, he just knows uh, an approximate measurement. He knows how to do it with his hand. In other words, he takes a piece of meat and he takes a weight in the other hand. A weight, not on a scale, just do it with his hands. He's able to do it. If, you know, if he's, he's good at it. He's a, a, an expert butcher, shouldn't even, shouldn't even weigh something in his hands, meaning he doesn't have a real scale at all. He's just using his hands and his body as a scale. He shouldn't even do it. Can't even do it by displacement in water. In other words, let's say they, they dealt with a certain kind of meat. You know, a certain kind of meat has a certain kind of density to it. Presumably, uh, poultry meat and uh, other kinds of meat all have different densities. But if you're dealing with the same kind of meat all the time, he's always, all he does is sell steak. So he knows what the density is, so he can actually measure it out by volume, by displacement, by putting it in a, in, water, in a tub of water or some sort of an instrument that has measurements on it that tells you this is a half a kilo. But you didn't weigh it, you just displaced it. Yes, but he knows what the weight is, the standard weight is. He says he shouldn't even use that. So he says that, uh, that, uh, that an expert shouldn't even do it with water. 
closer. All these things are also because that's the way it's done during the weekdays. Shouldn't you make basiab? Basiab means make a handle in the meat. What they would do is they would buy a piece of meat. It wasn't like today it was wrapped up, you know, with string and everything. You'd wrap it up. You'd prepare the piece of meat based on the scale. And then he would have a little instrument that would put a hole in it so that you could put a hook in it and carry it home. They would make that in the meat itself. He says, you can't even do that. Or, you know, for the other shari, but if you put a little hole in it with your finger, just stick it in there so that you can, you can hold on to it, that's okay. You're allowed to make a simon on the bosser. For example, to know a famous story of He would cut it like a triangle. Rashi, there's a little picture in, the, in Rashi that, meaning he would make it a three-cornered piece of meat. How would he do that? So he would send home the piece of meat, and if it came in a triangle, then they know it was his. It was like today you have a plumber or a seal on it, a double seal, so you know what it is, so you know who it came from, right? So here, his simon was a triangle. Obviously, if everybody knew about it in the Gemara, it's mentioned several times, people could fool him because everybody knew what it was. But apparently at that time, nobody else knew. His family knew that he would always send home meat in the, in the, in the um, shape of a triangle. So if it came from a triangle, they knew that Papa sent it home and that it was a kosher piece of meat. It wasn't some meat that uh, a guy uh, substituted for it. Uh, Rav Chia and Rav Shimon, Rebbe Shokun. Now, Rav Chia, notice these two names, Rav Chia and Rav Shimon, the son of Rebbe. Shokun mona keneged mona biyantav. What they would do is, when they would split up a piece of meat, they would say, okay, listen, we're partners in this meat, let's split it up. So they would weigh one piece against another piece of meat. Another piece of meat, another piece of meat, let's say that you know what that meat was, what that meat weighed. And they was allowed to. So Mara says, well, who, who, does that, who approves of that? That doesn't go like either one of the Tanam and our Mishnah. Our Mishnah start off by saying that you can't use a weight to measure out meat on Yantif, but you can use some sort of an instrument, like we said, a cleaver or a knife or something or whatever instrument you have. That, that you can do because that's not moved in the hole. Can I get a can I get a kliyan? Can I get midach and only a kli? Because that's not normally done. But some people do weigh out one piece of meat against another piece of meat. That can be done. You have a piece of meat, you know, it weighs a kilo, so you use that as your as your weight on the balance scale. So Rabbi doesn't approve that. Ikra bonan, if you go to Rabbi Yudah, mei mashkiyim kol ikra. Rabbi say you know you can't use a scale at all, even to to use it to put meat on just to protect it from the mice to to keep it up in the air. So who who goes who goes like that? Nobody is making an ambition to say you can weigh that you can weigh one piece of meat against another. The answer is there's a third opinion. Rabishua says you're allowed to even weigh one piece of meat against another on Yantif. Right? <clears throat> that's uh, that's uh, that's permitted. That's permitted. Um, Gemara says Rashi says um, there's no Rashi in these particular words. But anyway, he says, he says, so he says he's more makel. He's more makel than Rabbi Yudah. He says you're allowed to do that. Okay, we found the third opinion of Rabbi Yeshua. Not like either Tanan of our Mishnah. Not like the Rabbanan who say you may not use a scale at all for any purpose at all. Not like Rabbi Yudah says you may use a scale but only with things that are not normally used at all for measuring, like a knife or a chopper or something. And Rabbi Yeshua says you can even use a, a, a piece of meat, uh, may weigh one piece of meat against another. Why does he say, why does Rabbi like Yeshua? Because we learn Mishnah in, in Bechoros like him, the Tanan. Psalm Mikdash, Nasan Hekdash. What Psalm Mikdash? An animal that's Hekdash. No, normal Hekdash. You are Makdash something. Not, not Meiser or Bechor. 
and it became puzzle. Yeah, the animal became puzzle. So when you sell it, you're poted. And when you sell it, the value goes to Hegdish. What do you mean value goes to Hegdish? Because what happens? The animal said got a mum, came puzzle. So what do you do? You change it for money, right? And then you sell the, the money, no, the animal's no longer Hegdish, and it goes out, and it goes out to, uh, to Chulim. So when it goes out to Chulim, how do you get money for it? You redeem it. Somebody redeems it. They pay for it, right? You sell it. You sell the. You sell it to, on the open market. The answer. You, so, so what he's saying is the Hanos section. Therefore, you're allowed to sell it on the open market because since Hegdish is getting the benefit thereby. Now the truth is you can't sell it after it's dead. You got to sell it because you need Hamara Baruch. You got to you got to uh, shots it up. You have to appraise it while it's still alive. <laughs> but they praise it while it's alive based on the fact that they're going to be able to get a good price for it in the open market. See if I have a, an animal. And if I'm willing to take it to the market, I'm going to get a lot more money than if I just say, anybody here in shul want to buy it? Very few people want to come to my house and buy it. If you go to the market, you'll get more money. So Psulam Mikdash, normally, that knows like if you could sell it in the market. Vishoklin mana keneged mana, but bechor, buy a bechor where you may not take it to the market. Why? Because the bechor, who gets the benefit, belongs to the coin. Meiser belongs to the balam. If something happened to the bechor or to the meiser behema, who gets the benefit of it? The owner. It doesn't belong to Hegdish, it belongs to the owner. So in a case like this, so Bechor Meiser cannot be redeemed. You cannot sell it in the open market at all. You could just sell it to people in your house. So he says, when you do that, you're allowed to weigh one mana against them. You're allowed to weigh meat against meat. So you see over here also, you can weigh meat against meat. Now we're not talking about Anyantif. We're just talking about, we're talking about Bechor and Maser. So that's what the mission in Bechor uh, brings down. So he says, since you see Shokan Monik and Egemar Abhor, presumably that goes like a Yeshua who says, when it comes to Yontif, you could also weigh one piece of meat against another piece. And I'm only a buyer. What is it? What's the comparison with Bahor to Yontif? I'm only a buyer with the Malohi. Neither one has to go like the other one. Ad can look on Rabbi Yeshua Hacha, Ella Delekim, Zayn Kashim. Rabbi Yeshua is not talking about Kashim, he's talking about regular slabs of meat, regular meat. On Yontif, can you measure one piece of meat against another? Well, Rabbi Yuda and the Rabbanan say not. Rabbi Yeshua say yes, you can. Because that's not also the 100% normal. That doesn't look like Uvdurachol. There you could, but he wouldn't necessarily agree that you could be Mavaza Kachim that way, that you could weigh out one meat against another meat. In other words, what do you do if you have a Horvath Shemat? So you give it to your friends, etc. You stuff, but you don't weigh it. Weighing is considered debasing it, making it like every day, like a marketplace. You can't, maybe he says you can't even weigh Monaka and Monaka by Bechor at all. So I come to Shushu Allah the lack of Bazan Kachim, I've lost Mika Bazan Kachim. He wouldn't he wouldn't agree to that. Inami, I come to Rabban Hasam. Where did the Rabban say by by before you could you can measure one piece of meat one piece of meat against another? Elamashimdulomachol doesn't look like the Vdachol. Because we're not talking about Yantif or Shabbos, we're talking about Uvdurachol. We're talking about the Bahor. So the special letter by Bahor, because since he can't sell in the marketplace, at least he can weigh one piece of meat against another. Avalach and the Mexic of the Chobar over here in Yantif, when it looks like something you do each and every day, that's what they do in the marketplace. They weigh things. Lo, maybe over here that the rabbis of Bahoras would not agree with Rabbi So therefore, when he says we have three opinions as to what you could do with the scale, Rabbanan say, don't touch a scale, don't look at a scale. Rabbi says, you can use a scale, but don't use weights like you normally use. And Rabbi Shua says, yes, you don't use weight like you normally use, but you could still weigh one piece of meat against another. But there's no proof to him from Bechorus. But going back to the story, how do we get this? Rabbi Chia and Rabbi Shimon Berebi would weigh one piece of meat against another on Yantif. In other words, when they were divvying up their meat, they would bake it exactly. Look, if, if, if two close friends sat here and they had a piece of meat, they bought a piece of meat, a pound of meat, you went to the ball game, you said, you're going to have a piece of meat. So what, you're going to start weighing it out. You know, well, you, you cut it in half and say, which, which half do you want? Who cares, right? 
But these rabbis, they waited out. They were very exact. So the Gemara says, they were mocked upon one another. Whereas they were very, they were, uh, uh, they were, what's the word? They were, they weren't liberal, you know, with their, with their, with their uh, friendship and uh, giving out the meat. They were very uh, uh, tough with one another. And they said, look, you know, uh, let's cut it exact. There were seven fish, uh, piece of seven fishes. The Asulabe Rabbi came to the house of Rabbi and arrived at the house of Rabbi. Five out of the seven Ravchia took. Even though it was in Rabbi's house, Rabbi Shimon was Rabbi's son, didn't say, hey, look, I, we didn't get three, I didn't get three and a half, and in three and a half, there were seven fish there. He wound up with five. He didn't say that because he wasn't mocked, but he says, fine, I'll take as much as you want. So you see, Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi and Rabbi were good friends, and they were not mocked with one another. They, uh, they were very liberal, and they were friendly, and they said, take what you want. Amrapapa, Shadi Gavrinani answers, you're right, those two were not mocked with one another, and they wouldn't have weighed it at all, even though technically, Karim sure you're allowed to weigh one meat, meat against another meat on, on Yantav, but they wouldn't have done so out of friendship. It must be Shadi Gavrinani, you have to put somebody else there. The story must have happened with, with two other people, not two totally different people. It was either Rabkhia of Rabbi Shmob or Biosi, who was at his time, and they were, let's say, friends, but not that close. If Shimon Rebbe was in the story, it was Shimon Rebbe and Rakapar. In other words, two who were not that close, and they were mocked, but upon one another, split it evenly. What about, so he said, that was talking about how you weigh out meat. What about, what about you want to shecht um, on Yantav, because you're allowed to, and it's a simple Yantav shecht, and you need to sharpen the chalaf, the knife. So, you're not allowed to sharpen the knife on Yontif. We'll see. We'll see. We'll talk about this in the Gemara. But what you could do is, is you can't sharpen it in the normal way. The normal way to do it is that you take a sharpening or what they call a whetstone and you sharpen it the way. But what you could do is, we can you can sharpen it against one against it's a, another another knife. So therefore, so you need to cut. That's how you do it. But you don't do it again. It's uvdinachol. It's either too much work. It's either a lot of work, or it's uvdidachol. Amrafuna. We'll see. If, if, if it's totally blunt, then it's a lot of work. Even if it's just to sharpen a little bit, it's still uvdidachol. It's the way you do it in the weekdays, and therefore they prohibit it. But where is it permitted? Amrafuna lo shanat la That's only if it's a stone. A, uh, if, it's, if, if the whetstone is made out of stone, that's the normal way you, met, you, you, uh, you sharpen a knife. Let's say it was like a cutting board, and it was a wood, and you sharpened it there, then it's mutter. That's what Rafuna says. Amr Avihuda, so Avihuda, Amr says at this point in explaining Ravuna, Hod Amr Chalevin also, this is what we say, it's only out of stone that it's also, because the mission didn't say stone or, or wood. So when Avihuda, Shmuel, at this point he's explaining, this is what he said, that a stone one, that Rafuna said a stone one is also, that's only if you want to sharpen it. Let's say you just want to use a stone one not to sharpen it. You just want to sort of rub it against it, Right, you rub it against it to get rid of the fat on the on the uh, knife. Then you're allowed to mutter. The chal of shalets it's mashma that if it was made out of stone, because Ravuna says mashchesalets is okay. Because you say this, you say that a stone one is no good. That's only to sharpen it. But if you want to remove the fat from it, it's okay. It's mashma that a wooden one, even if you mean to sharpen it, that's okay because it's not in the way that it's normally done on the weekdays. Ikinamas lo sefer. Some say that Rabbi Yudah is going on the last part of what Ravuna said. 
Bishalait's mutter, Ravuna said one or one of wood is mutter, Amarginushmul Hadar, Mashalait's mutter law, that's only lavish. This is when you say you're allowed to use a wooden one, that's only to remove the fat. Lavish one said, Avil Khadada, also, but to sharpen it, it's for sure also machada bishalevin. Shalvan afi lavish musa also is mash, but it's so according to Shmuel's view Shmuel's, this is the most the most stringent interpretation of Ravuna. This is what Ravuna says that a, a one out of wood is okay. Wood is only okay if you're removing the, the uh, fat. But uh, to sharpen it, you can't do, which is mashpur that a stone one you can't even use to, to, um, to remove the fat. So there's different opinions of how Rabbi Yudhamishmuel said his interpretation of Ravuna. Ikan Maslam says, some say that Rabbi Yudhamishmuel was not going on, the, on Ravuna at all. Ravuna made the difference between stone and wood. He's going on the mission, which the mission just says you can't use a stone. You can't use a whetstone at all. You can't sharpen your knife. So he said, That's only if you want to sharpen it. <coughs> but to remove the fat, it's mutter. And he didn't make a difference over here between stone and wood. He just said you can't use it to remove the fat. It's okay, even on a stone one. This is that the mission allowed you to sharpen knife, one knife against another. Even to sharpen it is okay. I'm going on the safe of the Mishnah. This we say you're allowed to sharpen one knife against another knife on Yontif. Only, not really sharpen, you're allowed to rub one knife against another knife. That's only to remove the fat of the knives. But to sharpen it's also. If you're talking about a whetstone, even to remove the fat as much. So we have different opinions over here in Rabbi Rabbi saying, according to the most stringent opinion, you may not use a whetstone at all made out of wood or stone, like it's not from the either one, and you can't even use it to remove the fat. According to the other opinion, according to the first opinion, we say that's only if you want to sharpen it, but to remove the fat, you're allowed to. Mashma then that to that to use the knife against one another, you could even use it to sharpen it. Mantana the Mishra says, Who's the author of our mission that says you may not use a whetstone, you may not use a sharpening stone on Yantabrahmashabbat? Famous line, there's no difference in Shabbos and Yantav except anything relating to food. That's only actually cooking the food. Even, even things that are used in the preparatory process of preparing the food, like this case, where in order to get the food to shech the animal, you have to first, you have to first what, uh, sharpen the stone. He says even that, Rabbi Yudah says you're allowed to do that. So our mission says you may not use a whetstone at all, even though it was qualified in the Gemara. You may be able to use it with wood. You may be able to use it if you're just removing the uh, fat, etc. But that still goes like the Rabbana. Contra Beauty could definitely use a whetstone on Yontif. Can we, can we darshan in your name, Allah Rabbi can we say that you that you hold Rafkista, that you hold Allah's Rabbi let it be the will of the Lord, the whole Kihani Mili All good things you should say in my name. Yes, in other words, that's a nice thing. You could say that you can give it over in my name, that the Allah is like Rabbiuda. Now we'll see this is what we say the Allah is like Mechem. You can prepare things on Yantif. Right on Yantif, that uh, he says you're allowed to. This is not exactly like Rebelezer de Milo, the famous sheet of Rebelezer and Shabbos, that you can prepare things there. Because there we don't necessarily possibly can be here. We possibly can be you can prepare things that are preparatory for the food process, but only under certain conditions. And we'll see what that is now. So first he says, Yeah, yeah, sure, say that. Allah is our Kabuta. I'm the Chemer Yosef. I've communicated with Rabbi. I was in front of Rabbi, my Rabbi. The Havi Ma'avra on Yantif, we're speaking about the Havi Ma'avra, the Sakina, Puin, but the Kula. What he would do is he would take the knife. And he would rub it against the side of a basket. Baskets are usually made out of wool. 
Yeah, of wood. 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 So he, uh, he, he made a, he uh, rubbed it against the wood. Uh, on the side of Pumda uh, Kula, on the side of a, a wooden basket. But Amr lay, and I told him, I told my Rebbe, Rabba, Lachadat Kavar, are you doing this to sharpen the, the, the uh, knife? Oh, Lahavashim, or are you doing it just to remove the fat? Amr Lee says, Lahavashim, I'm doing it just to remove the fat. But I could tell he was just giving me the old uh, push, away, push away. You know, I'm just removing the fat. But I could tell he was, I, was, I could tell from what he was doing, he was really doing it to sharpen it. Maybe the way he did it, maybe he kept rubbing it or whatever. He's like, I could tell that he really would sharpen it. But he, and he said, what does that mean? And he held, my Rebbe Rabbi held, <coughs> that that's the halacha. You're allowed to sharpen the knife on Yantif, let's say by rubbing it against a basket of wood, but you don't pass in that way. Why? Because if you're makel on this, people will come to do things that they could have done air of Yantif, they'll do it on Yantif also, because as we'll see. Where does Rabbi Yudah say that you're allowed to do things, even preparatory foods, machshirin on Yantif, only when you couldn't have done it before Yantif? But if you were lazy and sitting around there of Yantif and watching the game, and all of a sudden you say, oh, okay, I'll leave that for Yantif, then he doesn't allow it. And you'll see it's based on a pussy. So he says, therefore, he says, what, he's, what is he saying here? You really could sharpen the knife on Yantif. It was necessary. If it became blunt, he only noticed how blunt it was on Yantif. You're allowed to sharpen, at least in this way. He started, he, he rubbed it against it. But he didn't want to pask in that way. The exact same story is told now. <coughs> Abayah said it with a different sheet. The first one was Rebbe Yosef said it, and then he said it for a brother, his Rebbe. Omar Abaya, the sex, same story, but with two different, with different people. Abaya, I have a committee committee, I was in front of my Rebbe. Who was Abaya's Rebbe? Rabba. Abaya and Rabba both learned by Rabba. So he used it. Now here you see a mill is usually made out of stone. It's even the story is slightly different. He says he rubbed the knife against the side of a mill. But Omar Rebbe, are you doing this to sharpen the knife on Yontif? Or are you using it to remove the fat? I'm only using it to remove the fat. But I saw from the way he was doing it, he really was trying to sharpen it. And he held that you're allowed to, but you don't paskin. Yes, I don't want to paskin that way. Why? You're allowed to. But if I paskin, you're allowed to, people will wait for Yontif to do when they should have done it before Yontif. Iboilu, another thing that we learned about, remember back when we learned Chulun, that a shochet is supposed to show the knife to the rabbi. It's the first thing. The rabbi comes to the shochet, the knife to the rabbi. Can you show it to a chacham? What's wrong with that? Because again, it looks like uvdin the It looks like, you know, you're, like, you know, you're ready to chop up, a, to shep a lot of animals to sell them the whole week, whatever, to you're preparing <coughs> the meat for, for afterwards. It doesn't look like just for yantif. So are you allowed to or not? So Ramar Bed Rabbishar, he allowed it. You're allowed to. Rabbanan Asra Rabbi said you shouldn't show it to, to him on Yanta. So how do you do it then? How do you do it then? Well, you might have showed it to him right before Yanta, but let's say you didn't get a chance to. So he says, Rabban Asri, Rabbi Osama Tamar Chacham Rolatsma Mashilchem. What he should do is Tamar Chacham, who knows he's like a rabbi himself and he's a shoke. He should show it to himself and then he lends it to somebody else. You know, as you get around him by not actually showing it to the rabbi in the normal way you do it during the weekdays. Let's say a sakin that got blunt, it, 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 it got, it, not that it's ruined, not that it has a notch in it, not that it's puzzle, but it just got a little bit blunt, it just didn't get, it wasn't so sharp anymore. You're allowed to sharpen it on Yantav. So here he says, you're allowed to. Now this is Rabbi Yosef giving up sock after the mission. Mishnah says you can't use a millstone 
It didn't actually say how you're allowed to do it. Maybe also you're allowed to do it only with eights, or you're allowed to do it uh, with a basket. Maybe you're not necessarily doing it with a whetstone. Not necessarily going against the mission. Maybe he's going like Rafuna, who explains, says you can't do it with a stone, but you could use it with wood. So you're allowed to honey mealy to paska agavdoch. It means that you could it could cut if you pressed hard enough, even without that. In other words, it did still cut, but it was so blunt that it took a lot great effort. So you could sharpen on yantav. But if you couldn't cut it with it at all, let's say it just didn't cut at all, it was so blunt that you couldn't cut with it at all, then you're not allowed to because it's too much work involved. Rashi says, Another thing. So we see two things on Yantav. We saw in the Gemara said specifically, It's also to do things the way you normally do in the weekdays, like measuring it on with, with weights. That's also because of the Chol. And here you see, too much work is also Osir. It's It's a lot of work, extra work. A lot of physical toil. The rabbis didn't allow that on Yontif. They wanted you to have a simcha on Yontif. Both a knife that, now this knife got a, um, uh, was, was damaged, was damaged, got a uh, dent in it or something, right? It was nifgam. Or a spit whose tip was cut off. Let's say the, the stone, the stone tunner or uh, the, stove, uh, the stove top or the oven Broke down and fell inside. You want to clean it on Yontif? You're allowed to do those things on Yontif. That's Are you allowed to prepare the knife, like the knife got ruined, or the spit that was cut off, or the oven got broke? Are you allowed to prepare that on Yontif? That's That's the difference preparing food. even. Preparatory things for also mutsu. We'll have to prepare items that are necessary to make the food. My time to come. What's the Tanakam's reasons why you're only allowed to do the food itself? You're allowed to cook it, but you can't prepare the utensils. Amakra, who levado says, Achshachon nefesh, who levado, yes, that itself, cooking, is allowed to. Who velo machshir, only preparing the food, but not preparing the the utensils that are necessary to cook the food. Ravido versus Amakra lachem. It says, should be for you. Lachem means anything that you need. For you, whatever you need, including preparing the preparatory items. But you're allowed to prepare food for you, you're allowed to cook food, bake food, grill food, whatever, for yourselves, but not for Goyim. What does what does Rabbi do with Fekhu? It says, it says for you and it says for them. In one case, you're talking about machshir, which you could have prepared erev yantav. Then he says only who you can only marry the food. You can't make the machshir. Machshir, which you couldn't prepare erev yantav. There was no way for you to know erev yantav, or you couldn't, or you couldn't be done in advance for whatever reason. Then you're allowed to do it even on yantav. That's what he says over here, and that's what we had sent the psak that they paskah at the top of the page. Rava or Raba who paskin, uh, you didn't want to say, well, I'm just doing it to remove the fat. Hey, you're actually allowed to sharpen it. You're allowed to sharpen it. Yes, but we don't paskin that way, because if I tell you you're allowed to sharpen it, people will, instead of sharpening it on Erev Yantav, they'll wait for Yantav. They'll do things which they could have even done on Erev Yantav. This is what we said before, you're allowed to sharpen a knife on Yantav, however you sharpen it, maybe even with a, only with a, with a wooden whetstone, but that's speaking about where it became blunt on Yontif. You didn't know, you know, if there was no notch in it, there was no damage to it, and it just became less blunt. It could be you were, you were cutting every day, and you didn't realize that it was getting less and less uh, sharp. And on Yontif, you realized how unsharp it was. 
and as long as it still can cut under duress, it could cut, you're allowed to sharpen it on Yantav. So again, that, this, this, is the, this is the shot of Rabbi Yehuda. You're allowed to prepare utensils with which you're going to cook, but it's only if it couldn't be done Erev Yantav. I'm going to let's say let's say a um, a spit uh, Rashi says Nirtzaf means that it bent um, so it got crooked but it didn't break, you could still use it so uh, you can't fix it on, on Yantav of course you don't fix things on Yantav if it's, it's obvious you can't fix it because number one you can still use it why would you why would you say fix something that doesn't it's not necessary to fix on Yantav? It's not like it's a excuse me, a knife that got a notch in it which can ruin the shkita because it, it's not a proper shkita. We're just talking about a knife that's a little bit bent. So you shouldn't fix it. Of course you shouldn't fix it. I might think since you could fix it by hand, you don't have to put it with a, you know, put it on the anvil and, and bang on it with a hammer. You could just bend it, you could just bend it back by hand. I might think that's okay. You don't do that. Once you, 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 you had this uh, spit and you roasted the meat on it, now it's filthy, it's dirty. Also, now it's muksa. Once you finish the, 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 uh, the grilling process, you can't use it on yantav. He says, he says, you're allowed to. Remember, Shomto. You can remove it. Many chabikarim have a You can drag it over to the corner. You can you can, you, you could remove it. That's only if there's some meat still left on it. Otherwise, so it's least it's a buses for it's a base for some meat. But if there's no meat left on it, it's just disgusting and filthy. You can't. Even though there's no meat on it, you're still allowed to put it into the corner. Let's say you have a thorn in Rosh Hashanah, which is damaging. It's muktzah, and can, people can step on it and hurt, like, a, like say, nails or thorns like that. What you do is you move it a little bit at a time. You can't take a dollar down Rosh Hashanah, that's carrying, but you do it a little bit at a time. So here, too, the rabbis allowed you to, to remove the spit because the smith could be dangerous if you just leave it exposed there and the kids could hurt themselves. So we said over here that this concept of the shvodra, of he, that Malkio said, even though the first time it said uh, that you can't be metalton yantav, Malkio says you're allowed to move it to the side on yantav, put it in the corner, and as was explained by Ravina, even though there was no meat on it because it's dangerous. So Malkio said that. Now, the, the Gemara brings this down in many places in Shas, you see it's pointed out there, Marcus Ksubis of Odazarni, we had it in many places. Rav Malkio and Rav Malkio had similar names. Rav Malkio said three things, Rav Malkio said three things. So in order not to confuse who said what, because they have similar names, Rav Chinobar Rav Ika said that Shvo, this halacha we just mentioned about the spit, and two other halachas, Shvachos and Gumos, halachas by Gumos were said by Rav Malkio, were said by Rav Malkio. Shvachos means like this, the Mishnah says over there that, um, let's say you have a wealthy woman, uh, very wealthy, and her father says when he, when he married her off, he says, I'm giving you like a hundred different maids to do your cooking and your sewing, everybody... You could just be a lady of leisure, as they say. So even so, she should do something. Because a woman who does, has nothing to do that will lead to, uh, to uh, levity. You know, she'll, she'll get involved in trouble. She'll be troubled if she has nothing to do. It's always good to be a little bit busy. So he says over there, Ramalkia says the halacha is that, is that way. Um, the says that, and Ramalkia says that's the halacha. Gumo says, you know, that a, 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 let's say a girl, in order to be considered a bat mitzvah, 
Besides age, he also has to have shtei saros, like a boy also, and he's bar mitzvah. So let's say the hair is gone, but you could tell what's it called? The uh, is that the follicle? What's it, where, where the where the uh, hair f- grows out from? You could the root yeah, where it comes where the roots come from. You, that's there. You could tell that there's that's good enough, even though because the, the hair could have fallen out. But if you see the follicles there, then you know. So, so that's also a locha that he that Malkio talked about. So he says those three alocha shvod shvachas and gemos were said by Malkio. Blurius, three other halachas, Blurus, Afermakla, and Vina of Malkia. That was said by Rav Malkia. What is Blurus? Blurus means the guy used to keep a certain part of their hair for a Vodazoro. You know, the, a certain spot in the hair, they would keep that growing, they would grow for a Vodazoro, like a little ponytail in the middle of their hair. So if you're, if you're giving a guy a, a haircut, make sure you don't go near there because you're helping as a Vodazoro, right? Yeah. You want a haircut like that, Rick? I don't think it would look too yeah. good on you. So, so yeah. Huh? Yeah, okay, well, not the blue, well, the blurest kind is a Vodazar. Right. A for Makla means you shouldn't put, you shouldn't put ashes on, uh, ashes from a fire, you shouldn't put that on a wound, even like you meant, you meant it for medicinal purposes, but you shouldn't do it because it looks like a tattoo. Big problem today, all these kids have tattoos on it, it's a derisa. So you said, because even here you shouldn't do it because it looks like a tattoo. Gvina. I said, why did the rabbis ask Gavina? Today, he'd say this child like Venus Akam, where it's basically kosher, but not, you know, today it's, it's, it's how they, because they, 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 when they age it and process it, they use the rennet of the uh, of right. non-Jews. Here he says, the Gemara said the reason that you shouldn't use the Gavina, uh, the cheese of non-Jews is because they, they smear it, they line it with, uh, with uh, pig fat. And then you're definitely, you're eating pig. So he says those were those three other halachas were said by Rav Malkia. Since whenever he mentions Rav Malkia, he says three halachas. You should know those three were Rav Malkia. These latter three were Malkia. Rav Papa disagreed with Rav Chinnah Abreder of Ikin. He said no, no, no. He says uh, he says Masnisa and Masnisa. If the memra of either Rav Malkia or Malkia was said on a Mishnah or a Brisa, then it was Malkia. And if it was a Shmaita, it was just said in the Gemara without a Mishnah or Brisa that was Malkia. The Siman of the Siman is Masnisa and Malkasa, the Mishnah. That, which is more chashav, that's the queen. So, and Rav Malkiyah's name sounds like Malchasa with an aleph at the end. So if it was going on a Mishnah or a Brisa, it was said Rav Malkiyah. If it was on a Mishnah, remember, it could have been Rav Malkiyah. The difference is, the difference is, the Mishnah about Shvachos, because that's a Mishnah. And according to the first opinion, it was said by Rav Malkiyah. According to the second opinion, the Republic says, since it's a Mishnah, it was said Rav Malkiyah. So according to this, it comes out that instead of three and three, it could have been two and four. However, Tosis points out, that if that's the case, uh, if if you're if you're taking shvachos from Rav Malkio and putting that into Rav Malkio because that was a Mishnah, then the second thing that he said, the second thing that um, uh, Rav Malkio said according to the first opinion, which was a for Makla, that was a brisa. That was not a brisa. So then you should have switched that to Rav Malkio. So you still come out with three and three. So uh, so one answer is Hanami. He means the second one that was mentioned by the first opinion of Shvachos and the second one mentioned in the second group of Efer are switched. So you want it with three and three, but instead of Shvachos being Ramalkio and Efer Makla being Ramalkio, it's the other way around, that, that Efer Makla is Ramalkio and Shvachos is, uh, is um, rather, Shvachos is Malkio and Efer Makla is Ramalkio. The other opinion in Tosis is, is that all he's saying is that if it was, if it was said in a Mishnah Bryser, it must be Rav Malkia. So he definitely, the latter three, meaning the three of uh, Gvina, Blurius, and Shvachos, are definitely Rav Malkia. 
The other ones could have been said either by Ramalkia or by Ramalkia. It didn't have to be, so the, the Shemaita could have been even Ramalkia or Ramalkia. So therefore, the uh, idea of, um, of, uh, of uh, Shvacha, of, uh, not Shvachas, of uh, Ephraimakla could stay, uh, the Ephraimakla could be Ramalkia or could be Ramalkia. All he's saying is that if it was a Mishnah Bais, it must be Ramalkia. If it was a Shemaita, it could be Ramalkia or Ramalkia. So you could come out with four and two. The Mishnah is Layomar Do I have the right time? What time is it? Yes, we go ahead. Okay. A person should not say to a butcher, Shkoli Bedinner, Anyantav, of course, I like a dollar's worth of meat. Because again, you don't mention that at all. You could always go to the butcher, Anyantav. We said, remember, somebody needs some spices, Anyantav. You could just say, can I have some, and we'll work it out after Anyantav. That's okay. Don't mention any money. It doesn't want to look like a sale. So a person should say to a, a butcher, Shkoli Bedinner, give me a dollar's worth or dinner's worth of meat. But what he could do is he could check and split it up among them. How do you do it? Hey, the officers, Gemara. Now, in, in, in different cities, they had different ways of mentioning. But what happened was, the idea here is that the food, the meat was always cut up in the same manner. So let's say you had a leg or a wing or a uh, flanken or whatever. It was always cut up the same amount of pieces. There was a standard to how they cut up, how they sold meat. You know, by quarters or things or that, like by chicken. So the same way it was cut meat. So in Sur, they would say a tarta, opalga, they would call it a tarta. That would be the name of that piece of meat. They would call that a tarta or a half of one like that. Benarish in the city of Narish, they called the Chalko Palgu Palgu. Pumpadisa Amri, Uzia Upalgu, was a Benarp code in that city, Ubumasmachasia, and in the other city, Amri, River Palgu. In other words, a quarter or a quarter of a. They, they, they had a way of calling different pieces of the meat, so that's how you could do it, but just don't mention any money. That's prohibited on Yantra. I'll pick it up here tomorrow, Mr. Shah. Did you notice Michael on.